0: I'm Trevor Stevenson and welcome to Your Story Will Be Different. This is a narrative play podcast where I tell you the story that came to be from playing a solo tabletop role playing game. For our first story, I played through Notorious by Jason Price, which came out in 2022 to critical acclaim. You play a bounty hunter who takes on a contract to bring in their target in a galaxy torn in the midst of intergalactic war. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. But with that, let's dive right in. Frico Lele hated the cold, yet here he was being dragged by his arms behind some miscreant's vehicle on this frozen turd of a planet. He didn't even remember it, but he must have collapsed from exhaustion after setting out on foot from a ship. Cold climates wreaked havoc on the metabolism of amphibian species like himself, so no wonder so few kimonos had settled there. Frico lifted his gaze high enough to see his weapons tied to the back of the snow cruiser, like forgotten trophies gathering snow. It was hard to get his voice loud enough that his captor could hear him over the roaring winds and droning engine, but eventually Frico mustered up the strength to scream just the right obscenity. With the slightest turn of its head, his warden slowed the cruiser to a stop and stepped off to look at the Kamano bounty hunter. Frico managed to get to his feet in time to square off, even though his hands were still bound. I thought you were dead. Frico glared with his one good eye. Not yet. Where are you taking me? His captor leaned casually against the snow cruiser, pulling down his mask, revealing himself to be a murian. And he wiped the ice from his rat-like muzzle. A good ditch, I know. And then I'm off to see what your junk is worth, if anything. And now, Frigo said as his eye darted over to the back of the vehicle for a quick scan to find any of his weapons. Unfortunately, his search didn't go unnoticed. You think you're in any condition to be starting something, Cyclops? You can barely stand. Frico just needed to get an advantage. Knock him away from the vehicle long enough to get his baton or even his pistols. He ended up lunging at the Mirian pathetically. Back down on the ice, with a blinding pain in the back of his head, Frico was rolled over to look down the barrel of one of his own laser pistols. Looks like my ditch plan is still happening after all. When the shot came, Frico didn't close his eye. He was surprised to see the weapon knocked out of the hand of Marion. Dark Shalor, you are bound by law to drop that weapon and release your hostage. Frico lifted his gaze to see a posse heading toward them on beastback, weapons drawn on his would-be executioner. A few minutes and several terse exchanges later, Frico answered any questions the sheriff had. A skittish vulk with ice blue feathers, Wryth, had a hard time with some of Frico's answers. I thought all nomads were giant monster men who ate their bounties. That's just the one guy. We come in all shapes and sizes. What, or should I say who, brings you to Utov? Frico shoveled out some of the loose snow from his pocket, grabbed the display cube, and projected his mission into the freezing air between them. Encircled by her known associates, a gull woman with a broken horn named Isha Capre. You've heard of her? Rumors, mostly never met her how'd she end up with a price on her head or can you say she stole some weapons from the wrong people i was headed for storm's rest when i uh he's a scavenger you're lucky we found it when we did well grab your hat and we'll give you a lift to the outpost it's deadly to be out in this wind too long lustrous ride later, and Frico found himself outside Storm's Rest. The dilapidated outpost stood as a stark testament to the harsh realities of its existence. Perched on a desolate tundra, it was a place forgotten by time, a relic of a bygone era when the old empire had interest, let alone power, on Utov. Now it was a haunting symbol of a relentless struggle against the cold and the ceaseless onslaught of exhaustion. The outpost's outer walls, once made of sturdy steel, had been weathered to a patchwork of rusted metal panels, pockmarked by the relentless barrage of ice storms. The wind howled through the gaps, whistling a mournful tune. Twin guard towers that once stood sentinel over the entrance were now little more than skeletal remnants, their platforms sagging and their searchlights long exhausted. Frico took a moment to size up the outpost before the cold dancing up his spine reminded him to get indoors. The group of new uprising soldiers at the front gate seemed out of place in this former imperial foothold. Hoping to slip in unnoticed, Frico pulled the brim of his hat down and shuffled past them. As he stepped under the tower, a clawed hand gripped his shoulder. Not so fast. You a local here, got some questions for you. Frico turned to look up at the grisly, scarred face of a Charon New Uprising foot soldier. He must have loved this cold with all that fur. The two humans with him instinctively took flanking positions for the interrogation. Just passing through on business, not looking to cause any trouble. Frico's eye looked up with steely confidence as he guessed how all those scars were earned. What business would that be? Jabbed the male human. I'm a nomad here on a job, and if you know what that means, and it looks like that one does, then you know you should let me pass." The Charon shot an annoyed glance at his squad squadmate before turning back to Frico. Any nomad business goes through me. No, it doesn't. He was already in motion before the Charon raised his claw and the human raised his weapon. With precise and calculated strikes, Frico incapacitated each soldier one by one. The stun baton delivered a non-lethal but incapacitating shock upon contact, rendering them unconscious without causing any permanent harm. The element of surprise, maybe shock, was on his side, and the guards didn't even have a chance to react before they were incapacitated. Frico picked up the terrified soldier by the collar, briefly explained how that could have gone a lot worse, and asked if she knew anyone of interest in Storm's rest. Inside the outpost... The buildings were a chaotic jumble of structures, some makeshift and others half-collapsed. Barracks, mess halls, and supply depots had all seen better days. The walls were plastered with peeling paint, and cracked windows were held together with layers of adhesive and plastic sheeting. The floors, covered in a layer of frozen grime, creaked ominously underfoot. The flickering dim light in the common areas lent an eerie atmosphere to the place— the generators that powered the outposts strained to keep the lights on, and the hum of their machinery was a constant reminder of their fragile existence. Tired Imperials shuffled through the narrow, cluttered hallways, their faces etched with weariness, their uniforms ragged and patched. Any day the Empire would send a supply ship. Any day now. The outpost command center was a cramped room filled with outdated technology. Dusty monitors displayed flickering maps of the frozen wilderness and frayed cables snaked through the floor like serpents. Tired officers hunched over worn-out consoles, their eyes heavy with fatigue, as they monitor the outpost's dwindling supplies and scan for any signs of relief ships. Outside, the frigid wind howled, and relentless snowfall obscured any semblance of a horizon. It was a place where time seemed to stand still, where the only constants were the unyielding cold and the ever-present exhaustion of those who struggled to keep the outpost from crumbling into oblivion. Yet, some of the denizens of Storm's Rest fared better than others. Frico walked past row after row of stilt houses occupied by the aboriginal inhabitants of Utah of Humans... These naked apes seemed like the least likely natives for a frozen rock, but they had been the first civilization to settle here. They were the favorite meal of some of the more dangerous fauna on the planet as well. The front of the dilapidated stone-stilled house Freako found himself in front of belied what the terrified soldier had told him lived inside. If only to get a reprieve from the howling winds, the bounty hunter knocked on the door. The mystic mentor, cloaked in tattered robes, glistened with crystalline sheen, as all Pellicet did. But his piercing eyes that seemed to see beyond the physical realm sold that this man was an oracle of sorts. People from all corners of the galaxy sought him out, hoping to unlock the secrets of the universe and gain knowledge that transcended time and space. He looked at the kimono on his doorstep. Malachi Doss? Malachi's gaze didn't move from Friko's eye patch. Can I speak with you? Preferably inside. The mystic. Sensing the tumult within Frico's soul, welcomed him into the dimly lit interior of the stilt house. A crackling fire provided the only source of warmth and light, casting eerie shadows across the room. The two sat in silence for what seemed like hours, as if the mystic was peering into Frico's very soul. Finally, the mystic spoke with a voice that seemed to reverberate with the echoes of countless ages. You seek knowledge, Frico Lay." Knowledge that can shape the destiny of galaxies and pierce the veil of the cosmos. But are you prepared for the price that comes with such wisdom? Frico considered the question carefully, his eye never leaving the mystic's gaze. He knew that the pursuit of knowledge often came at great personal cost, and he had seen the toll it took on others who had delved too deep into the mysteries of the universe. Uh, actually, I wanted to ask you about some recent events. Do you know Isha the Mystic Interrupted? I've seen the paths you can walk, the destinies that lie before you. One path leads to enlightenment and the power to change the course of history. The other leads to darkness and destruction. Choose wisely. For once you embark on this journey, there is no turning back. Uh, Thanks. So, you don't know anything about a Gaul woman who recently knocked off some Trade Alliance shipments? After what felt like an eternity, the mystic spoke once more, his voice filled with a mix of sadness and determination. I see potential in you, Frico Lele, but the path you must take is not with me. Your destiny lies elsewhere in the vast expanse of the galaxy. Seek your own truths, and they may guide you to the light. With those words, the mystic mentor sent Frico Lele back to the frozen wilderness of the planet. More confused than ever, Frico headed back towards the center of Storm's Rest. Barely audible over the howl of the winds, the roar of the land cruiser wasn't discernible until it was right on him. Frico jumped out of the way as a passenger door flung open, nearly clipping his face, and a large bundle landed with a thump at his feet. Instincts took over as his laser pistols filled his hands one on the bundle, one on the rapidly receding vehicle. A hoarse groan came from Frico's feet. He holstered one of the pistols and undid the bindings around the bundle. A pair of horns, painted with runes, slowly emerged, ultimately revealing an elderly goal matriarch covered in talismans that clanged together quietly. Those drugs play for keeps, she said while stretching her back. She turned to see the pistol in her face and slowly raised her hands. Frico looked her over. There was something familiar about her rattling in his mind. The updated hollow from the trade alliance showed his target to be much younger than this woman, and Gull rarely repaired broken horns. Do you know Isha Capre? She lowered her hands. I'm trying not to be offended here. Not all Gull know each other, you know, even on Utah. But you've heard of her. Who has it at this point? Probably the biggest thorn on everyone's side. Frico holstered the second pistol. Seems like somebody thinks you're a bit of a thorn yourself. Some people can't take a joke, especially over gambling debt. Say, young man, how would you like to get out of this bluster and warm up a little? The shaman introduced herself as Silva before escorting Frico to the cargo container that passed as a home for her. As the cold winds whistled outside, Silva reached into her tattered robes and produced a small pouch. From it, she carefully extracted a handful of dried herbs and placed them into a warm, ancient bowl. She motioned for Frico to sit closer as she began to chant in a language he couldn't understand, but the words held a haunting beauty to them. Frico watched in silent satisfaction as Silva lit the herbs with a match from her pocket, sending fragrant smoke spiraling into the air. The pungent aroma filled the shelter, creating an atmosphere of mysticism and tranquility. The bounty hunter and the shaman sat in contemplative silence, the only sound the crackling of the fire and the distant wind. The ceremony seemed to bridge the gap between their worlds, connected them in a way that words never could. After a while, Silva reached for a flask she had hidden within her robes. She poured a strong, clear liquid into two makeshift cups and offered one to Frico. He accepted it with a nod of gratitude, recognizing the potent brew as a local speciality. As they sipped the fiery drink, the coldness of the frozen planet began to recede. Frico found himself staring into the fire longer than he probably should have. He thanked Silva, who thanked him in return, and told him he might have better luck finding his target at a more established settlement. His arrival at Ice Flow military base was a tense affair. The base, once a symbol of order and control under the old empire, was now under the control of the new uprising army. They had been gaining power across the planet, and their presence at the base was a clear sign of their hard-earned dominance. The bounty hunter made his way through the compound, his footsteps echoing off the cold metal walls. He kept a low profile, his eyes scanning for any potential threats. The atmosphere was charged with tension, and Frico knew he had to tread carefully. As he walked deeper into the base, Frico couldn't help but notice the makeshift clinic that had been set up in one corner. A sign above the entrance read, Besk Fimone's Clinic. People from all over the planet, soldiers and civilians alike, were gathered outside the clinic, waiting for their turn to seek medical attention. Curiosity got the better of Frico, and he decided to investigate. Inside, he found a bustling scene. Dr. Fimone's, a skilled and compassionate physician, was attending to patients with a calm and steady hand, his reputation for healing drew people from far and wide, even in the midst of the chaos caused by the new uprising. Frico approached the doctor, his eye assessing him with a professional curiosity. A thoughtful valk with gray and black feathers, Dr. Fomones was a man of few words, but exuded an air of calm competence that was hard to ignore. He had a no-nonsense demeanor, a stark contrast to the chaotic world outside his clinic. Doctor, Frico said, introducing himself with a nod. It seems your services are highly sought after." The Valk physician regarded him with a steady gaze before nodding an acknowledgment. He was used to dealing with all sorts of individuals in his line of work, and had developed a keen sense for assessing character. Nomad, I gather, bring your injured or ailing to me when the time comes. I don't ask questions about my patients, and I don't get involved in matters beyond healing. Frico appreciated his straightforwardness. In his line of work, discretion was often an asset. He knew that having a skilled doctor like Dr. Famone's nearby could prove to be invaluable. As he left the clinic, Frico couldn't shake the feeling that the New Uprising's presence at the base was only the beginning of something much larger. He had his own objectives to pursue, but for now, he knew that the doctor's service would be a resource he might need as he navigated Utah. At the outskirts of the Iceflow military base, he couldn't help but notice the contrast between the harsh, militarized compound and the almost serene farmland that lay beyond it and its boundaries. The icy fields stretched out as far as the eye could see, dotted with small homesteads like islands on a frozen sea. It was on one of these homesteads that Frico came across an elderly farmer named Silar Noon. Silar was a Pellucid of advanced years, his crystalline face weathered by a lifetime of working the unforgiving land. He was tending his crops with meticulous care. Each plant received his attention as if it were a cherished child. His clothes were simple, but his demeanor spoke of a certain vanity that caught Frico's eye. Frico, always on guard, approached the farmer cautiously. "'You've got quite the green thumb there,' he remarked, nodding towards the meticulously cultivated row of crops." Sylar Noon straightened up and turned to face the bounty hunter, a proud smile on his face. Ah, yes, he said with a hint of self-importance. I take great pride in my crops. These fields have been my family for generations. I've worked them all my life. Frico wasn't normally one to engage in idle conversation, but something about Sylar intrigued him. He sensed there might be more to this farmer than meets the eye, so he decided to probe further. Tell me, Silar, have you seen anything unusual or anyone out of the ordinary in these parts lately? Silar's eyes sparkled with a hint of excitement. Why, yes, I have, he replied, his voice filled with pride. Just Just a few days days ago, I spotted a group of strangers passing through. They were armed and didn't look like they were here to tend to crops, that's for sure. Frico's interest was piqued. Can you describe them? Any details that might help? Silar Noon nodded enthusiastically. Indeed, I can. They were a motley crew, led by a woman a goal, no less, with a broken horn, tough-looking bunch, armed to the teeth. They head west, towards TA-422. You might find them there. Frico knew he had stumbled upon valuable information, if by good fortune or dumb luck. The group Silar described sounded like the first solid lead he had come across since he stepped foot on this planet. Thank you, Silar, Frico said with genuine appreciation. You've been a great help. If I find what I'm looking for, I'll be sure to return the favor. Sylar Noon beamed with pride, delighted that his knowledge had earned him some recognition. Don't, Don't mention it, it, he replied. Do, Do come, come back sometime. Back. I always enjoy a good shot. As Frico left the farmer's field, he couldn't help but shake his head at the vanity and talkative nature of Silar Noon. But he knew that sometimes unlikely individuals held the key to solving the most challenging puzzles. With the farmer's information in hand, he headed out west determined to track down his quarry and bring her to justice. Easier said than done. After passing the fields outside ice flow, the wind subsided in time for Frico to see the rocky mountains rising from the horizon. Hours later, he found himself approaching a treacherous mountain pass. It was a desolate and unforgiving place where the howling winds and jagged rocks seemed to conspire against any traveler daring to cross its path. As Frico made his way through the rocky terrain, he noticed a group of local villagers huddled together by a crude campfire. They appeared wary and frightened, their faces etched with fear and desperation. It was clear that they had been through something harrowing. Approaching cautiously, Frico inquired, What's well, troubling you folks? I imagine this pass isn't the safest place to be at night. A hushed conversation passed among the villagers before a weathered elder stepped forward, his voice quivering with trepidation. Stranger, he began, we've been plagued by monstrous creature that prowls these mountains. It's taken the lives of many travelers we fear for our own safety. Frico's curiosity was piqued, but he knew better than to jump into any situation blindly. Tell me more about this creature, he demanded, his hand subtly moving towards the holster of his laser pistol. The Elder hesitated, as if choosing his words carefully. We don't know much, he admitted. It strikes from the shadows, swift and deadly. We've only glimpsed it briefly, and its appearance defies description. We need someone like you, a hunter, to track it down and end this terror. Frico assessed the situation. He needed information to deal with this threat effectively, but the villagers seemed reluctant to share more. With a nod, he agreed to help, but on one condition. I'll do it, but I need every detail you have on this creature. The more I know, the better chance I have of taking it down. After some tense negotiation, the villagers reluctantly shared their information they had, describing the creature's speed, its eerie, wailing cries, and the gruesome aftermath of its attacks. Armed with this meager knowledge, Frico set out on the monster's trail. He moved silently through the rocky terrain, his laser pistols drawn and ready, The wind carried the faint scent of something foul as he approached a particularly narrow canyon. Suddenly, a shadow darted across his path, and a chilling wail echoed through the mountains. The monstrous creature had found him. Frico fired his laser pistols, the beams of energy slicing through the air, but the creature was elusive, moving with unnatural agility. It lunged from the shadows, teeth bared, and a fierce battle ensued. The creature's monstrous form emerged from a shroud of snow and mist, its piercing crimson eyes locked onto Frico. High in the mountains of a distant planet, Frico, the seasoned intergalactic bounty hunter, found himself facing an unexpected and formidable adversary, an enormous, bloodthirsty yeti. The Yeti let out an earth-shaking roar and charged towards Frico with frightening speed. The snow beneath its massive feet was thrown into the air as it closed the distance in seconds. Frico's quick reflexes kicked in as he began to fire his laser pistols. Bolts of searing energy lanced through the frigid air, striking the Yeti's hulking form. The creature roared in pain, but its advance was relentless. Frico knew he couldn't rely solely on firepower to win this fight. We'll go ahead and leave the story there. We'll catch up with Frico next time and see how he does with that Yeti. I want to thank you for listening to the very first episode of Your Story Will Be Different. This was a lot of fun to make, and I hope it's a lot of fun to listen to. You want to support the podcast, the best thing you can do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And the second best thing you can do is tell someone about the podcast. It's early days right now, and word of mouth is going to have a lot of impact. You can find the official Twitter, or X, whatever you want to call it, at your ttrpg i'm also going to put a link to the notorious game in the show notes so you can check out the game for yourself it's a lot of fun like i said but remember your story will be different